everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Brittany Meyer. This week, I'm happy to welcome back Alan Akaka for another episode of Hawaiian Steel Guitar Talk Story. If you want to learn more about Alan and his school for Hawaiian music, you can visit his site at kekulamele.com. We're going to kick off this episode with my performance of his arrangement of the song Kaula Ili, also known as Kanaka Leo Nui. If you want to learn how to play the song, we're offering the tablature, jam track, and performance track on my other site, onlinelessonvideos.com. Also, if you're interested in learning more about playing lap steel, dobro, Weizenborn, or pedal steel, be sure to check out my site, lessonswithtroy.com. Right now, here's the song Kaula Ili, followed by Talk Story with Alan Akaka. everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Once again, let's make welcome Alan Akaka all the way from Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. What have you been up to? Oh, boy. Well, we just had our Steel Guitar Festival in Waikiki not too long ago. It was great. It started like at 
11 o'clock in the morning ended at 9 p.m. It's uh, one of the longer ones, in fact, the longest one we've had, other than stretching a few days. But uh, for the Waikiki Steel Guitar Festival, it was by far the longest one. It was great, well attended. Being that it was at our new venue at the Royal Hawaiian Center, which is right in the heart of Waikiki, uh, right in front of the Royal Hawaiian Hotel and the Waikiki Sheraton, there was a lot of traffic, walking traffic, because the shopping center is right on Kalakaua Avenue, the main avenue going through Waikiki. Okay. A lot of people walking in, walking out, and so on. There were some people who actually stayed for several hours. Uh, there was one family that stayed from beginning to end. It was like, wow, you know, this is great. Great for the still guitar community. We had, you know, uh, the, many of the masters. Unfortunately, not all of the masters. Um, not everyone could make it. We also featured members of the next generation. It started with members of the next generation, like from elementary school age, still guitar players. Uh, till the end of the evening, it ended with somebody who, I think he just turned 21. He's been oh, playing okay. still guitar for a handful of years, learned from Ronald Canahele, and uh, he's doing really well. He plays slack key, he plays still guitar, he sings, a great talent, and he's a member of the Abrigo Ohana. Uh, it's a family, you know, uh, sister, young brother, mother playing bass. So uh, self-contained family unit playing music. Oh, and the cool. sister sister has a, a great voice, you know, sings like uh, some of the old timers like Genoa Keave and, and so on, you know. So they, they, they have a good mix of material, but when he got on the steel guitar, you know, he played a lot of um, the old tunes, Hilo March and so on. It was good. Nice to see that. So we have a young crop of steel guitarists coming out of Hawaii. Um, I'm still working on more, trying to bring, you know, um, uh, get them up there and, and so on. And luckily, in the case of one of my students, Alexis Tolentino, she's actually working with with some uh, artists. You know, they, they've uh, contacted her, wanted her to be a still guitar backup for them. And I thought, this is great. You know, she's still in high school. Oh, and, how and cool. she's playing with some top names. Yeah. So, so that is really nice to see, and and it's a great learning experience for her and so on. So every time she comes in for a lesson, you know, we go over a few things for that. Plus, you know, new solos. But um, she's doing wonderful. And not only that, Alexis can do the hula. <laughs> she knows a lot of songs. Um, she plays ukulele. She plays keyboard. She's a bassist in her in her high school orchestra. So, you know, wow. this girl has, um, yeah, she has a great future in music. And plus she also go into, you know, um, uh, pharmaceutical medicine and so on. So that's fantastic. But Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's nice to see, you know, our young talent emerging and so on. And, yeah. and, and, and it's great to see some of my pals coming out and playing and I could just sit back and relax and listen to them as he played, sang. I mean, bringing out some of the old Hawaiian tunes that you don't hear on the radio much anymore. The old stuff, you know, the traditional yeah. stuff, as well as some new things like Greg <laughs> Sardina, for example. You know, he played something for the Beatles. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I call that the other side of Hawaiian music. <laughs> but that's Greg Sardina. And of yeah, course, Bob Ingano, you know, in his sweet, smooth style, you know, playing playing the song that many people request of him, and that's Sleepwalk. He does it better yeah. than anybody else I know here. You know, so I think I think you would have enjoyed being there all day yourself, right? Right, Troy? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we had a special guest who joined us for the weekend, the person who wrote this book. Oh, nice. Okay. John Troutman. Uh, we brought him in for for the festival, and he even mm -hmm. gave a lecture. It was open to the public. Anybody could come. And he was selling his books. So I actually have the books. He signed the books for me. And um, if anybody wants to, wants to get them, it's $35 plus shipping. Uh, just let me know. Or they can go through you, and you yeah. can let me know. But this is a great book, starting with... You know the the origins of um, or the origins of, of of the steel guitar, and and it brings it all the way to 2014. I guess at that point he had to, you know, stop writing and and, and get the book out. Um, so but, who's that on the cover? On the cover right here, you have on the steel guitar. His name is Bobby Nichols, and Bobby Nichols was also in a group called. Um, the Polynesians out of Los Angeles, Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I got that. I got one of their albums. Yeah. Right. So Bobby playing the steel guitar, and then uh, Harry Beatty on the guitar, or maybe the bass, and then uh, the other player uh, is Sam Kaapuni. So the trio, and they had great arrangements. Then this is George Kainapau, a very famous falsetto singer out of Hawaii, who also hmm. was in Hollywood too for a while. Um, beautiful, beautiful voice. Um, this person over here, the guitarist, is Lenny McIntyre, who had his own orchestra. In fact, Jimmy Rogers, when recording, um, I think in New York, hired Lenny's band to back him up. And there was a steel guitarist who played on that recording. It was the first time that a steel guitarist or a steel guitar was used on a country recording. Again with Jimmy Rogers. The steel guitarist was Hawaiian. Wow. And then the bass player is Al McIntyre, who's Lenny's brother. Now, mm -hmm. if you recognize that name, McIntyre, mm -hmm. it's perhaps because if you're a steel guitarist, you might know their steel guitar brother's name, Dick McIntyre. That's what I was thinking. So the yeah. McIntyre brothers, guitar, bass, and then Dick played the steel guitar. Actually, all three of them could play steel guitar. And what, what's so neat is that um, Al McIntyre's daughter lives here, not far from me, maybe 15 minutes away. Her name is Lonnie McIntyre, too. And she lived in New York, danced at, you know, the uh, New York establishments over there, uh, including, I think, Hotel Lexington, as well as in Hollywood, where she spent most of her time. And she has a lot of stories about the performers there in New York and in Hollywood, in all these Hawaiian Polynesian entertainers. Um, and her son is a student of mine for the steel guitar. Very so, cool. So, you know, <laughs> if anybody in the family is keeping up with the steel guitar, it's her son. So just like, you know, um, 
her uncle Dick McIntyre, you know, at least, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's going on in the family. It didn't die with Dick. So anyway, and then I think you know who this is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bing Crosby? Bing, yeah, I was like, I was thinking Fred Astaire for some yeah, reason. Yeah, Bing Crosby. <laughs> this is from the movie Waikiki Wedding, yeah, where yeah. a few songs like Hula Heaven came out. Um Blue Hawaii, that came out of that movie. The same Blue Hawaii that the King of Rock and Roll sang, and uh, the movie he shot back in early 1960. You know, Blue the movie Blue Hawaii came out of. Yeah, same song, and um, he also sang a song that would, in the next year, and that is 1938, would win the Oscar for the best song in the movie, and that's Sweet Leilani. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, great tune. it's a great book. By the way, John Troutman, who wrote the book, he said he had to, he had so much material, he couldn't put it all in the book. There was so much that he left out. And uh, I, I mean, talking about, you know, how, how the steel guitar influenced so many, especially in the Deep South, because... He was saying, and, and and he found this. It was, um, it, he found it in the archives and so on. Uh, that that, you know, there would be this uh, Hawaiian music company down there in the deep south, and they would break up into little groups and go from town to town to put on their little presentation, their show, and so on. And 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 uh, there there was a, um, an interview with a old time blues player. And he was saying, oh yeah, um, he remembers as a child, you know, um, the Hawaiian guitar. And, and that influenced him in, in his blues. So wow. the Hawaiian guitar being the steel guitar. It was called yeah. the Hawaiian guitar way back then, yeah. yeah. And even B.B. King said that he was influenced by the steel guitar. He didn't play the instrument himself but you know some of the things he did, he remembers hearing that on the the Hawaiian guitar. Hmm. So that's how the book opens, yeah, with BB King, and then even uh, even uh, a, a famous uh, jazz player. Um, oh, gee, his name escapes me right now. Masquerade. Broadway. Oh, uh, oh, um, uh, I can't think of any names today. Yeah, uh, George 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 Benson. George Benson. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I was chatting with George Benson. We were on Maui together, uh, and 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 he told me, and this really shocked me. He said his first instrument was the steel guitar. Really? How cool is Would that? Would have known. His first instrument was the steel guitar. Huh. Yeah, and that's before he got into the guitar and jazz and so on. Oh, I love George Benson. Yeah, he's an he's incredible musician. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, who would have known? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, so so you know, you know, I I felt so proud and and you know I I I got to play for him and everything, and then also I found out from him that that he still has a steel guitar, a canopus, I, just, I just like one of mine. George. Wouldn't you love to hear him play? Oh yeah, guitar? yeah. yeah. I, I wonder what tuning he uses. <laughs> you know that—that's fantastic, George Benson. Gosh. Mm -hmm. 
I'd like to see him play uh, Masquerade or uh, on Broadway with the steel guitar. Yeah, yeah probably would yeah. be good. And, and anyway, so so um, yeah, that that book is a really really good book. Now, um, I I, wa I wanted to um, answer some of the questions, and uh, like somebody was asking about what uh, some tricks on the C sharp minor tuning or C sharp yeah. minor seven tuning. Yep, yep. I just posted on Facebook if anybody had any questions, and and Miles had a question. He says, <clears throat> "How about some tricks in C sharp minor seventh tuning?" So I don't know what he means by tricks. Uh, maybe knowing the fretboard better, and so on. Probably, li probably but, licks. I would say like a fancy you know, like something that that you would play specifically in C sharp minor seventh. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I have. I have this Weizenbarn like copy, mm -hmm. um, and it here it is. I just got it. Um, it's from Echo Cannon uh, Guitars, and and anyway, um, I tuned this like a C sharp minor seven. Actually, it's a it's a B minor seven tuning. So it's just one step down, yeah. Okay, Let, let's see. I don't, I don't know if you can hear this so well. Can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, th this is... And just to give you a little background, when I was taking lessons from Jerry Bird, he started me from the earliest, the earliest tuning, which would have been the A tuning. And then we walked through all these various tunings, going to the E tuning, the C sharp minor tuning, the E7 tuning, C sharp minor 7 tuning, the C6 tuning, then he went on to B11. So, you know, it was in two summers, Jerry taught me a lot of things. Hmm. And and so this is one tuning, well, C sharp minor seven, which is actually more of a, uh, a E ninth tuning, yeah, or or I should say E thir E thirteenth tuning, okay. So so okay, since this is a a, a more like a, a D seven tuning, well, actually, okay, a, a D thirteen tuning or let's just say B minor seven tuning, whatever, whatever you like, you prefer hearing. So you hear that. Um, so, so let's just make believe this is a C sharp minor seven tuning. But mind sure. you, it's one key below that. So the positions would be E, F on the first fret, G, um, A on the fifth fret, C would be on the uh, eighth fret, on the tenth fret you would have D, and then E again on the twelfth fret. So in this tuning, um, unlike this C6 tuning, the, the root of the chord 
is on the top string. On the C6 tuning, the root is on the second string. So the third is on the top string. Mm -hmm. So anyway... So I'm, um, I'm not sure. Okay, tricks. Uh, well, maybe it's good to know where, where positions are. You know, like if this is G, this is G, this is G, this is G, and that's G up there too. This is G out yeah, over here. I'm playing an octave with strings two and two and um, four on the slant bar and and that would be on fret six and five because i can't do it with this tuning. oh by the way i should let you know what this what's in this okay again making believe this top string is tuned to an e which it's not but making believe mm -hmm. this would be an e c sharp g sharp that would be a d note okay e's c sharp g sharp D, B, and E. Okay. Okay, so you got that. Um, if I'm playing fills, again, you got to know where 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 your chords are. So this is G, and this is. C, uh, G is on third fret, C is on the eighth fret, D is on the tenth fret. I can play a song like this, Akaka Falls, okay? Great. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, again, nine, nine positions. You know, this is C, this is D. You know, um, and so on. Nine where your notes are. Yeah. When you said that the, uh, I guess maybe I'm confused a little bit. You said that the root note is on your first string, right? Okay, so what's that tuning again? How, how this particular go? tuning on this guitar would be a, a, a D7. Okay, D7. Uh, a D7. So it's 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 like a D tuning, but I took one string and I put a seventh rather than the root. Yeah, B. No. You're saying B is in boy, right? B B minor seven. B minor seven. Okay. But but again, that's that's not totally correct because if it was music theory wise, if it was 
truly a B minor seventh, then the seventh would be an A note. There's no, there's no, um, um, yeah. you know, um, yeah, well, there is an A note in here. This is, uh, this in essence is a D note. But, but actually, it, it, it's, it's more like a D seventh or a D thirteenth chord. That being yeah, that, that's what I hear when you just play it. To me, it, it rings out more as a dominant chord than a minor. Almost. Yeah, especially because of the bass, yeah. This is a root, yeah. Oh, we just... Yeah? Sorry sorry to interrupt. I, I We just got a uh, message on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Steve, Steve Tilka says, please thank him. Uh, thank Alan for the Steel Guitar Festival in Waikiki. It was great. Oh, you're you're very welcome. You're welcome, Steve. I'm glad you could join us. And you know what? Um, just to let everybody know that the next festival will be about the middle of July in 2017 again. But then, you know, just just check our Facebook page or our website, WaikikiSteelGuitarFestivals.com. Uh, if you're on Facebook, yeah, just type in Waikiki Steel Guitar Festivals. And you can see, you know, uh, the updates won't come until, you know, many months from now. But uh, you can almost count on the middle of July. And okay. we, we'd like to, um, we, we'd like to do it the same weekend as the big ukulele festival in Waikiki. So, you know, people who, who come down that weekend and want to hear music, well, that's a a fantastic weekend. Steel guitar on one day, ukulele on the, the next day. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so it's neat. a great deal, a great weekend to come down. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason why I tuned this to D seven, I I just wanted something a little different. Um, I mean, I could tune it to a D tuning, straight. Straight D tuning, you know, yeah. or 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 I mean, without this, yeah, take that down to a B note. It's a C sharp. Okay, but anyway, I I, I, I kind of like this tuning, you know. Um, getting back, making believe that this is a E thirteenth or a C sharp minor's seventh tuning. Um, this is A, yeah. If I'm to play A seventh, I would start on the fifth fret and go two frets down and play this as a lick so that's how we would play that yeah or even do this do a, a, a forward slant that's actually what we would consider a ninth chord a ninth up to the 10th fret which is a D chord things like that yeah yeah or, yeah or, or if I'm gonna play a vamp you know and that style of playing what I'm just doing right now would have been that was popular back in the 50s with like Barney Isaacs, Joe Zacia for what he calls. Uh, 
you know, um, and, and I remember, um, hearing recordings of Joe Zassi playing with the, the, um, the, uh, Taparum band, you know, uh, back in the days of the fifties, you know, Alfred Apaka and, um, you know, the, the members of the, uh, Taparum serenaders. Um, you know, and he would go. <laughs> that's awesome are you grabbing mostly two strings i can't tell or three strings when you, what you were playing just then uh combination okay a combination of two three more so you know right now this is three yeah now is there yeah is there things that that um that, that that you can do i mean with that tuning versus c6 that, that would lead you to use that tuning i mean uh, what you're doing based yeah. on you know what like joseph c and barney isaac played you know their style yeah it, it would be very different from the c6 uh I, I mean just 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 the um the brightness of the tuning me being that the the root root note is on the top string rather than the second string you realize, you know, as, as you drop the root note, you know, like in the B11th, for instance, the root note would be on the third string. So that's why the, the B11th is a much darker, richer tuning than, mm. say, the C6 or even this. This is one of the brighter tunings because everything is played from the top string down, um, you know. Or, or even this song. I, I, I remember Jerry Bird telling me when he was, uh, when he was, uh, um, learning to play the steel guitar he was at the movie theater and you know if there was any any movie with a polynesian or hawaiian theme he would go out and see it so he went and sat in there of course in those days you know there was a curtain in front of the screen right mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you know the the movie started the curtain started opening up slowly and um he heard this of course it's an electric steel guitar so hopefully this you know um this sustains long enough to to get the effect i want to show everybody yeah he said whoa what was that you know uh, because uh he, he probably was using either a tuning or or e tuning and there's no way he could have gotten this card out of any of those tunings so and at that point the movie title came out, you know, Paradise <laughs> Isle. That's the name of the tune, yeah? Yeah, yeah.
other's house. So what <laughs> what happened is, you know, like Jerry says, he almost fell out of his seat. And yeah. so yeah. just to hear that <laughs> opening line in the song that Lissando, he actually sat through a few showings. He he watched the entire movie and waited for the next one to start. <laughs> he was there all afternoon. Finally, he 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 realized, or he, he kind of figured out what what the card was, or actually the tuning in his head. So he ran home, and home was not next door. It was a few miles down the road. He ran home, grabbed his steel guitar, retuned his steel guitar to the point where he could get this. Oh, that's a great. Now talk score. about determination, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, um, I mean, having, um, I mean, I, I mean, somebody, you know, if anybody is is like that, you know, that they'll turn out good. You know, that uh, they're so determined that um, they'll do anything, anything, to to um, to learn to to uh, to be able to play the instrument, and that's why Jerry Bird is one of the you know. The greats of legends, a master, master of touch and tone. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, he, he never gave up. Uh, he, he, he just, it was in him. He, he had to, well, he had to be with his steel guitar. Now, was that right. when he was in Ohio? Isn't yes. Isn't that where he's from? Yes. Okay. Lima, Ohio. Right. So, so that... Yes. That chord you're sorry to interrupt. That chord you're playing is that a three fret slant? I'm I'm figuring. Well, yeah, here. Yeah. So right now, twelve, eleven, ten. Yeah. So from yeah. the F chord again, if this was a C sharp minor tuning, strumming the F on the first fret and sliding where I would be on the top three strings still, frets twelve, eleven, ten. It was new. So cool. It was innovative in those days. It's like nobody else had that tuning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I mean, I, I can do the same thing on the C6 tuning. Uh, basically, I can, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I actually took this instrument and played it down at uh, Duke's Restaurant, where, where I stroll every week with uh, these two aunties. You know, the mm -hmm. one is going to be 90 years old soon, one is 84, and they're still singing the old Hawaiian songs, going from table to table, serenading people. And so I thought, hey, maybe I'm going to try it. Instead of playing the upright bass, which, by mm -hmm. the way, is my first professional instrument, the bass, um, I thought, maybe I'm going to try this steel guitar, see how it works, you mm -hmm. know, in, in that restaurant setting. Um, I enjoyed playing this. The biggest problem is that you know, it's really noisy in the restaurant. People are enjoying themselves. The food is great. The ambiance. Um, Waikiki Beach is right there. People are, are having a, a wonderful time on their vacation. They're talking loud and everything. Well, you know, they have to in order to hear each other. So playing this, you know, I, I could hardly hear myself. And uh, I think maybe I'm going to have to put a pickup on this if I want to continue playing down at Duke's Restaurant in, uh, in Waikiki. <laughs> And with a little amp strapped next to me or, or whatever. Because otherwise, it'll be hard for me or anybody else to hear. And and yet, you know, um, 
when I was playing, people were watching. It's like I could see behind, you know, or in their brain, people are thinking, wow, what instrument is that? Wow, that that is neat. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when I when I took instrumentals, you know, and I started, you know, just fooling around, you know, like, uh, um, you know. fooling around um yeah yeah i have fun but you know unfortunately <laughs> it was just so hard to hear but anyway so yeah, yeah. well, well echo what Canyon you Park, for that's what it is echo los angeles california oh so I, I interrupted you what'd you say again one more no, time uh echo canyon park that's where this is from echo uh echo no echo park guitars i should i should get that right yeah anyway so <laughs> you know uh Gabriel sent this to me, Gabriel Curry. You know, he, he owns it. He, he builds the guitars itself. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen, oh boy, he builds beautiful guitars. Um, he wants to get into the Hawaiian guitars. So he built this. This is actually number one. Oh, so um, yeah. he wanted me to, uh, to, to try it out. So he sent it to me. And so I am trying it out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Something I don't usually play on acoustic yeah. guitar. Well, it sounds sounds it sounds great. Like you play it all the time. Yeah, look. Well, yeah, I I may play it more often. Yeah. What what song you got for us this week? Well, the song I I have is it, it is called uh, Kaula Ili or um, Kanakaleo Nui. Uh, just to tell you about this song, you know, uh, back in the 1830s, uh, the vaquero were hired and brought over to Hawaii because we, we had a cattle problem on the big island, on Hawaii Island. And let me go back a little further. George, or Captain George Vancouver, um, who was part of uh, Captain Cook's entourage, well, he came back to Hawaii and he brought some cattle and they were gifts to King Kamehameha. And there were only about, I think, four, uh, both male and female. And so um, Kamehameha put a ban or kapu or taboo on, on the animals. What happened is that they multiplied and they started roaming around the island. And because they couldn't be touched, you know, they, they were smart enough to realize that because they, uh, they couldn't be touched, you know, they were they were off, awfully aggressive with the people. And mm -hmm. so it was getting kind of dangerous. Therefore, Kamehameha III, that's uh, Kamehameha's son, Kamehameha III, 
um, hired these vaquero, shipped them over, and their job was to teach the locos how to um, how, how to um, lasso, how to mix saddles, and, and, and so on. Um, and, and pretty much, you know, how, how to um, to uh, capture these cattle. The cattle were called pee, pee Yeah, and in fact, we still call cattle, well, beef, pee-pee. Um, okay, anyway, so, so anyway, these cattle are pee-pee. Yeah, um, the, the, um, the natives or the locals learn how to do this and so on. And they were called eventually Paniolo after Espanol. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, 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 and so anyway, the Paniolo, um, there were some songs written about the Paniolo and so on. For example, one is called Wyomina. And Wyomina is, 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 uh, is Wyoming in Hawaiian. And what happened is that uh, they had a rodeo there and uh, a small group of, of Paniolo went over to Wyoming. How they got there and how long it took them, I'm sure it took them a while because, you know, they would have to catch a boat over to the West Coast and then catch a train over to Wyoming. Well, so, you know, they were not as big as some of their counterpart cowboys from mm -hmm. all over uh, at this rodeo, this competition. But in the end, and then and probably they were looked down upon like, oh, look at these guys, who are they? In the end, they earned a lot of respect because they took like first and second place. Oh, cool. <laughs> so the song was written, Wyomina. Yeah. Ah. Uh, th this, this song in particular that, uh, that I'm going to do is, um, is, is called um, Kaula Ili. Now, Kaula is, is rope or string. Ili is skin. So you could, you know, you could figure out, wow, skin, rope, oh, it must be um, leather. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Or in this case, a lasso. Now, another name for this is Kanaka Leo Nui. Kanaka is person. Leo is voice. Nui is big. So, um, or much. In this case, big voice. So uh, that was the name of the, the hill. Now, as in Hawaiian songs, you know, sometimes there's a double meaning, you know. Mm -hmm. A song is written, there's a surface meaning, and then there's an underlying meaning. Um, but anyway, this song talks about, you know, getting the lasso ready. You know, prepare your lasso. You know, up there at Kanakaleo uh, Nui Hill. Hear the voices of the birds. Now, probably it's not birds. Okay, hear the voices of the birds. Oh, never mind. And so there's an English part to it, yeah? yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Oh, never mind. Um, let's see. Oh, never mind. Um... I'm trying, I'm trying to get the words again. Gee, I, I, I guess <laughs> I'm losing it too. Yeah, we're having uh, the same problem today. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> um, uh, oh, never mind. Wahina puahiki no. Um, 
Ohikino. Yeah, Ohikino, uh, uh, it's finished, it's done, uh, it's okay. Ohina uh, uh, So, oh, never mind, um, you will fall, it, it is done. I guess, um, um, I'm not sure exactly what that means. But mm -hmm. any anyway, so this is a cowboy song, obviously. Again, you know about the lasso and so on. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I wrote this song in um, in the tuning that my teacher used, Jerry Bird. It's a C six A seven tuning. He used to call it the C six seventh tuning, and uh, the C six seventh tuning basically is a C six on the top, based on six strings. Uh, C6 on the top five strings with a, a C sharp added on the bottom string, the sixth string. Yeah. Mm. And um, what happens is if you strum the top five strings, you'll get a C6 tuning. Mm -hmm. If you if you strum the bottom four strings, you'll get an A7 tuning. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it, it sounds like this. If I can grab my other steel guitar and you can hear what it sounds like. Um, so I, right now I have a, uh, a straight C6 tuning. Mm -hmm. And I'm only going to use the top six strings for, for this. Okay. So... There we go. So Jerry would, you would hear Jerry do things like this. That's a rich seventh chord. Yeah, it's great. And something about this tuning. Okay, so again, it's E, C, A, G, E, mm -hmm. and then C sharp. So if my G card's on the seventh fret, and I play the top five strings there. I got a G chord. Now, if I go to the fifth fret, in other words, back up two frets, mm -hmm. and I play the bottom four strings, I get the five seven chord or the D seven. Mm -hmm. So let me play something from here, uh, from this song. And um, it, again, it, it's a beautiful song. It's in the waltz. And it goes like this. Ah, I'm sorry. So that's the introduction, and it goes on into letter A. Thank you. 
on and on and on, and then you know it gets a little more involved and so on. Yeah. So yeah, this is a beautiful song reminiscent of um, the the nineteenth century in in Hawaii, and uh, you know there's not very many cowboy songs or paniolo songs that uh, we know of. There, there there are several, of course, uh, compared to country music or western swing. You know, there's a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, but in Hawaii, not as many. And you know they're a little different, you know, um, and so on. So, so anyway, yeah, gorgeous tune. So, yeah, yeah that'll be a great one. Now, um, real quick, yeah, before mm-hmm. before um, we end this session, somebody asked, somebody asked about uh, you know my 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 favorite rigs, okay, my instruments, amps, effects, and so on. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can do this in a few minutes. Okay, the instrument that, and by the way, um, this is from uh, from Terry, Terry Van Cannon, and he, he asked a month ago, and so finally I get to answer the question. Yeah. So I like to use my electric steel guitar. Of course, this is an Alan Akaka signature model by Asher. And why do I use it? Well, you know, why do I use a single instead of a double or triple? Well, I can use a double and triple, but... You know, I just lo- love the tone on this guitar and how it feels. I mean, that's how I designed it anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, Bill Asher did a wonderful job with this steel guitar. Um, none of that, it's a lot lighter. Sorry to say. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, it didn't matter. Weight didn't matter. Um, what do I like to use for an amp? When I'm doing gigs outside, if, if there's a sound system, I will use... Uh, a mini amp and one in particular that I really like and I've tried many and I have actually a small collection of mini amps so I have this one by Yamaha it's a THR 10 oh, okay now, now you know I went down to the store I took my my steel guitar and I tried so many different steel guitars um, and and this one in part I mean steel guitars amplifiers this one mm-hmm. in particular uh, I like I mean there's many different settings on this this amplifier, um, and when I when I when I played it uh, by itself in the music store, I went, "Wow, this has a nice uh, tone for the low notes. I really mm-hmm. like it." And after trying all of them, you know, I, I decided on on the Yamaha. I mean, I love the Rollins. Um, mm-hmm. I love the Roland Mobile. And it sounds great on my six-string steel guitars, especially my my. Uh, fry pan um, but uh, you know I needed something that that could give me more you know more boom on the low notes and this did now that being said going into the sound system with bigger with bigger um, speakers you know it it, it, it acts just like um, you know just like uh, I have a 15 inch speaker on on my amplifier cabinet yeah. So yeah. so you know I, I get a nice boom on the bass on that. Plus you, you know if if you can see the settings I have on here, that's basically what I use down at the Marriott when I play there. You know I, I uh, for this steel guitar at least, you know I, I I use these settings for the high, middle, and low. And then another thing, switching it on by the way, um, I put it on acoustic. I find that acoustic for the electric guitar sounds really good for for that Hawaiian sound. Hmm. So, and isn't that cute? You know, that orange light in there? Yeah, that's isn't cool. Isn't that so retro? 
Is your gain and master always up all the way like that? Yeah, that- yeah. I, I mean, either I'm going to do it on this or I'm going to do it on the on the uh, system board. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one. So, um, but if I'm playing just with this, yes, I, I pump it up. So I use this um, for for uh, reverb. I, I don't like it too wet. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. And, and yet, you know, when I hear, you know, what, what, um, when I hear some other players like in Europe, Japan, man, you know, or even in the mainland, boy, they, they, they use a lot of reverb. I'm uncomfortable with that. Uh, if you, um, if you listen to the still guitars of back, you know, several decades, uh, you know, those apps didn't have any reverb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in fact, some didn't even have a, a, a volume control. Like the old Rickenbacker amplifiers, you know, you just plugged in and use the volume control on the instrument. Um, so I, I, I want to sound closer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you, you know, when it comes to reverb, it's very light for me. Um, for in my office, I love to use my twin reverb, and the reverb on that, I, I set it to maybe three, three and a half, four, no more than that. Uh, I put on a lot of bass and very little. I minimize the treble and uh, the mids. And and just like Jerry, Jerry used to do that too. Ah, uh, okay. And, and I love that sound, you know, that fat, rich sound. So anyway, I hope that helps. And I hope all the audience out there, um, if they have any other questions, uh, yeah, please, you know, please email Troy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can talk about it at, at our next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or Facebook yeah. or, you know, Facebook, any of that kind right. of stuff. Yes, we can do that. But anyway, so so I, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Uh, in, you know, Hawaii weather right now is really nice. It's in the upper 80s with trade winds, blue skies, and so on. So if it gets too hot wherever you are, hey, catch a flight over here. The beaches are great. Um, and the trade winds feel really nice. Okay, so take care, Troy. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Aloha.